All right, well, this is uh, Drifting on Memories, and uh, we're back, and I'm really excited. Uh, so I'm doing it from two locations at this time, right? So I'm in Pico Rivera, and my guest, uh, um, Doctora Denise Sandoval, is in, where are you, in East Los right now? No, I live in East Los Angeles, but um, I came for the good Wi-Fi to my parents' house out here in Roland Heights. Okay, all right. I grew up in the San Gabriel Valley. I okay. grew up in La Puente, and okay. then they moved here. We moved here to Roland Heights. All right. I don't know. Awesome. All right, so Roland Heights and Pico Rivera, yeah. So in the house. <laughs> all the 60, we're all off the 60 freeways, so that's all that matters. Um, <laughs> And uh, and this is a um, you know um, such a privilege for me, and we've been trying to to figure it out to connect and stuff. But so I'm really happy to that you're on board with this, and that we're able to like finally in one way or another connect. Uh, and uh, so, uh, Dr. Denise uh, Sandoval. I mean, if you don't already know, like Peterson Museum, the Achucha Self Help Graphics. Um, the CAM Museum in North Carolina, Guadalajara, Mexico, you know, all these curated um, museums for featuring um, respectable, you know, highlighting the lowrider culture, the lowrider community, the lowrider gente. Um, on top of all that, uh, professor at a CSUN University. Um, and I, Cal State University Northridge, yeah, yeah, right, 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 yeah, yeah. To the whole name is Cal State University of uh, Northridge, uh, but so many of us Chicanos were like, oh yeah, over at CSUN. In the Department of Chicana and Chicano Studies. That's right. Yeah. <laughs> not, not Chicanx yet. We're still Chicana. And oh, Chicano okay. Studies. Good. Good for <laughs> yeah, you guys. <laughs> well, I don't know. Some people might disagree with that. I know, right? Um, yeah. So I mean, that's. Um, that's the biggest shit for me, you know, uh, uh, Denise, is that like that you've been doing it for so long. But you know what? One thing that really like kind of um, kind of knocked me off of my socks a little bit when when we started talking uh, was that you're like, oh, yeah, um, you know, I know Mike over from from uh, from Lifestyle and, and I know, you know, these guys over from uh, Imperials and, and you and Armando from Lifestyle and all these people. Right. So I was like, oh, shit. So it's more than just a, like, hey, let me put some stuff together for these museums. But it, uh, um, Albert, the Dialbas and you know what I mean? I love them. Yeah. Nice. But but yeah. you know what I mean? That when you yeah. when you hit me with that, I was like, oh, shit, she really knows these people. You know, and so I was really impressed with that. I mean, I mean, the the Vikla show that you did in North Carolina, the L.A. Peterson Museums, the, um, you know, the lowrider shows at the at the L.A. the um, Peterson. Um, yeah, we did. We've done we've had three exhibitions right. on, on low riding. The first one in 2000 then 2007. And then the last one was in 2017. So. Um, yeah, those are just, uh, that's amazing work. Like that's such a, that's such a huge body of work. And I'm so happy that you're doing it. I'm so happy that a woman's doing it. I'm so happy that Chicana's doing it. Um, and, um, yeah, I just think that, you know, what an honor for you, what an honor for us to have like representation so well that you're like, yeah, I know these cars, I know these builders, but I know these people and I know their families. Right. Okay. So, um, you're constantly doing stuff. You're constantly being interviewed. Um, but how did, first of all, what was like the first influence with lowriders for you? Well, 
Well, for me, um, as I mentioned, I grew up in the SGV in La Puente. So low riding was a part of sort of just the culture there, right? You would see it in the boulevards, you know, on the streets in my community. My mother, um, where I'm also living now, grew up like a half a block off of Whittier Boulevard, like right by Whittier and Atlantic, actually off of Vancouver, down the street okay, from yeah. high school. Yeah. So, you know, East LA was always also a part of my life and my parents, you know, that's where my mom grew up. My dad grew up in Lincoln Heights. Oh, right so, on. you know, low riding was also there as well, even though they weren't sort of like low riders. Um, I found out in doing this research that my dad was part of a, a car club, huh? a ja- car club, jacket club huh? um, in the 60s, not, uh, not a low riding club. So I think for me, you know, to, to kind of that intro um, kind of setting the setting me up, you know, how did I get pulled into this? Yeah. Right. I think obviously, you know, going to Berkeley uh, gave me a language and taking Chicano studies class gave me a language in which to understand, mm-hmm. right, my culture, mm-hmm. my history. Yeah. Um, and here I am learning about the Chicano movement for the first time. Oh, my God. It's like in my family neighborhood, yeah. right? And, and I remember even sharing information with my mom and she was like, what? Because my mom and my parents, you know, got married in um, uh, 69, you know, like they yeah. got married young. Yeah. And so all this stuff was happening when they were already like living their lives. My dad's a Vietnam vet. I mean, wow. my dad is so much the Chicano story coming out of the 60s and 70s, my family. I'm the first generation, you know, going to college, me and my brothers. So for me, I think what Berkeley gave me was gave me a language. Mm. And then also that is where I found in the Chicano Studies Library, my first issues of Lowrider Magazine, old ones. And I was fascinated with them. In fact, I did a project on like images of women in pop culture and I featured that and I had like movies, I cut it together. So I think what was happening, you know, is that going to Berkeley in particularly with an ethnic studies department that was born out of, right, the civil rights movements of yeah. the 60s. Right. Very political. Um, my professors were people like Ronald Takaki, you know, Juliana Curry-Rodriguez, you know, Margarita Malva. These are like big names, right? Okay. And so all of that was being pounded into my head was that what is our responsibility with our education? Yeah. It's like to go back to our communities. Um, we need more scholars of color to document these stories. Yeah. You know, so I knew, at, you know, I went to Berkeley wanting to be a lawyer. Okay. And somehow that didn't happen. And I ended up at CSUN getting a master's in Chicano studies. Okay. Not quite yet about PhD. Okay. So what I'm saying is that when I think about my journey to even now, I have to think about, you know, who was that? you know, 19-year-old that landed on the campus of uh, Berkeley yeah. who had her world rocked, yeah. you know, with Chicano studies because Chicano studies give me gave me a home right. to study my history, to study my culture, to study my family. Yeah. Um, my first project I did was on interviewing my abuelitas and getting their stories of their immigration stories. And right that on. was in a Chicano studies class. Yeah. So I think like, you know, what sort of pulled me, like it began there, right, is that it's important that we tell our stories um, it's important that there's so many gaps to be filled in the history books. Why I started doing this research uh, more officially when I was in my PhD program, you know, again, I was getting my PhD because I wanted to teach at the university. I discovered my love for teaching. Oh, okay. Um, and okay. I realized I wanted to do research. Okay. Right? But how I got interested in low writing 
studying low riding is that I saw an issue of Japanese low rider. This、uh, is in ninety seven. Okay. Ninety seven, ninety eight. Not even that. Ninety six, ninety seven, maybe. Yeah. Issue of Japanese low rider magazine at Tower Records. You know,、uh, because I was taking a class. On、uh, popular culture, and we had to choose a culture to study. So I went to Tower Records to get inspiration. Okay. And I passed by Japan, the magazine rack,、right. saw Japanese order, opened it up, and I was like, "What the f is happening?" <laughs> yeah, yeah. There's like Japanese <laughs> cholos、uh-huh. throwing, you know,、right. Mexican wearing waving Mexican flags,、yeah. you know. And I was like, "What is going on?"、Yeah. So then I thought this would be a great idea because it was Chicano. It was、yeah. a Chicano style of low writing、right. that they were copying, right? right. Because again, this is like right on the on the heels of where, you know, I think Boys on the Hood sort of put like low riding right on the map, right, right for South South LA. But you know, there's also the the Chicano style of low riding. Right. You know, hip hop I think was you know was you know imaging sort of the the black low riding scene. Right. right?、Um, so when I went to the library to do my research, oh, this would be a great project. You know, I already knew there were old issues of Low Rider magazine at Berkeley that I could go up、okay. and get. You know, I, I was here at Claremont. Okay. You know, Yeah, in the getting my PhD in cultural studies. Okay, and、uh, you know, did a search in the library, and I found no books. You know, I found academic articles. There were、right. plenty of books on automotive history, hot rod history.、Um, so that's where I wrote my first paper in grad school, look, using Lowrider magazine and looking at kind of the cultural conversation that was happening around lowriding、okay. in regards to Chicano identity and history. Okay, and. Critiquing the sexism in low rider. Good, good.、Right? So that sort of started, you know, at graduate school. Okay.、Uh, finding a way, you know, my, I wrote a paper. I wasn't thinking about writing my dissertation. Yeah. You no, know, I did this great paper. It got an A on it, and literally, this is where I always tell my students the story because, again. Who's gonna tell our stories? Yeah, you know,、uh, it's us, right? And I say, here I was, you know, finished that paper. Kid you not, less than four or five months later, I got an email that the Peterson. This was in ninety eight. Really? That the Peterson Automotive Museum was looking to hire. Oh wow! Okay. To 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 do the first exhibit on low riding that the Peterson Museum. Okay,、did. so so、and、you so didn't. I applied. So in my head, and the way I played it all out, and and and、uh, you know, put the whole dialogue together was you went in there and said. And this is just my the way I played it out. You went in there and said, "You guys need to do a fucking lowrider show because this no, is no, such they, no wow." Okay. They, they they were they they had organized. Okay. And you know it was no Latinos working there, but because Peterson <laughs> had been you know they had been well known on the lowriding scene. Yeah. You know, not look excuse me on the lowriding scene、uh-huh. for putting on good automotive exhibits. Right. right? And the lowriders、right. themselves yeah. knew yeah. that they、yeah. had been excluded from that. Yeah. And plus, I think the museum at that time in the '90s was trying to basically、uh, outreach to urbanize, urbanize themselves. Yeah, yeah, yeah. For instance, the show that was in our space before I was our exhibit was in was a、uh, Woody's. Yeah. Know, yeah, 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 yeah. The wood panel cars. Yeah, the wood. Exactly. Yeah, surfer culture. Yeah. So you know, I applied.、Um, awesome. And you know, I had just written that paper. 
I thought, oh, this would be good to do a dissertation. But because of my, even though I was from East LA, I didn't know any low riders. Okay. I didn't know, you know, even though I was trained of how to do research and ethnography, right, doing interviews and all of that. Yeah. You know, I wasn't. I didn't have an in. Yeah. So when I applied for the gig, they got me because they probably got this grad student because I had finished all my courses. You know, uh-huh. I was going on to prep for my exams. And had you curated anything before that? Have no, you done any shows before no, that? I no. I had it. I had it. I had it. So I think it was such a learning experience. I was like 26, 27. I saw that first show over there and I was, and, and, but I'll tell you this though. I was the one in 2000, right? Yes. Yeah. I was, I was there, but I've been to the Peterson before that. And when I walked into Peterson, it was like every single piece was immaculate. So for me, and I'm coming from the mindset of like, well, low riding's on the street, um, And not really thinking so much about the car show lowriders, the, yeah. the best of show lowriders, like the best. But when I would walk into the Peterson, I was like, every fucking car is just immaculate. But when the, the lowrider show happened at the Peterson, I was like, oh, shit, these cars are even more immaculate than the cars yeah. that have been here before. Right. Remember that first show? There were like all the there were like all these panels. Right. And like, exhibit. Yeah. like yeah. I really wanted you know, that's when I think the teacher in me was starting because I realized that it's not just about cars. Peterson's mostly about cars. Uh-huh. You know? I wanted to really tell the larger, right, sort of story. Yeah, yeah. You know, artifacts and all of that. You did and great. Yeah, so you that, that you nailed it. Exhibit, well, that first, and there were big text panels. And yeah, yeah. To, you know, and they did them um, in, I think, Spanish and English, I think. Um, but I learned a lot. You know, I mean, I, I have war stories about, you know, just being naive and, what I learned at that point was like when you become a culture, uh, like a cultural broker. Yeah. Meaning like I'm got the you. only sort of yeah. Chicana in got the you. room, mm-hmm. and I have to think about who am got you. I speaking for, mm-hmm. right? And I think that's still something that I carry with me to this day. Okay. Was that I'm always here to represent my community, okay, and the lowrider community, and it has to be authentic to them. Did you learn that at that time, or were you kind of like you I, said, I like think, naive to I it? Think didn't know was like how to when I get asked a stupid racist question mm-hmm. like how to respond in an appropriate way right right um getting some sexism too as well yeah. but it wasn't from Chicano it was you know right but that's I think all of my journey um not just in museum world but even in academia is the same way yeah so it's something that I think that's prepared me and I think just now like I feel like now i Look, I have no, I have no, I'm not afraid, you hey, know, or even being a little more re- reticent. Hey, Denise, what about doing something like right here, like in the hood, like a Peterson type exhibit, like right here in Pico Rivera or Montebello or San Diego, you know what I mean? In, in Logan, in Logan Heights. What do you think about something no, like that? You no, think it's capable? This, no, but I think they do do that. Yeah. Like Barrio Logan does, has done that. Yeah. There was a San Diego lowrider exhibit in Balboa Park. Mm-hmm. They have an automotive Oh yeah, well. I saw that too, yeah. I think the thing is is that our our communities um, and art spaces have always sort of integrated sort of low riding and low riders and Chicano artists, you know, because that's the other thing, you know, my training sort of in Chicano art was also like people like Magoo, yeah. right? People like Frank Romero. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Sort of use the low rider Chaz. Car yeah, oh yeah, yeah. Well, yeah. Right? And Chaz, right? So um, I think that What's been interesting to me is just like, 
you know, when I started, you know, doing the first exhibit, I just went to shows and I didn't know people. Like when I think about myself, I was like, oh my God, who was this girl? I went by myself. <laughs> I took my dad. Yeah. The other person I took a lot of times who gave me the in was Esteban. Because okay. I met Esteban back then as oh, okay. well through mutual friends. Okay. In cartoon. Yeah. I've known them a long time. Okay. I met them in 98 when... Yeah, we should talk about all that at yeah. a different time. Yeah. But anyway, <laughs> yeah. so yeah. I would just tell these guys, look, I'm doing this. I'm a curator. I'm doing this show, blah, blah, wow. blah. It would be like Peterson. They know the Peterson. Yeah. They yeah. do a lowrider show. Yeah. Oh, my God. Your family's from East L.A. Yeah. Oh, you're gonna, you're getting your PhD. So I got people opened yeah. up to me and were very welcoming. Oh, yeah. I was also lucky that some of my mentors – you know, like Fernando Ruelas yeah. was, you know, my mentor. Right on. You know, Jesse Valadez. Yeah. Um, Magu. Yeah. Magu Luhan was my mentor. Yeah. In fact, I even Great found a teachers. Letter. I found a letter in my archives that Magu, because we met, he came to one of the, he was, a, you know, one of those community yeah. um, consultants that they bring at the yeah. Peterson yeah. together. And he met me and that's when we first met. And then he wrote me a letter. I think about like his thoughts and he died, you know, and I still have it. I think, you know, what's interesting is, uh, one of my teachers, um, his name is Tony, Tony Portillo. He's a retired, um, teacher at Linwood high school, but he taught art and he also was, um, he basically started the Mecha there at that school. Mm -hmm. Anyhow, he's, and he's a big time activist from like the early seventies, but anyways, he, he knew I was into cars cause we would do a lot of like Chicano stuff and activism work. But he gave me he he gave me you no know, an original letter written from Magoo and he's like look his name is Larry and he would sign it Larry Magoo but he was like and I and I was blown away because I was like this here's this huge like Chicano artist like everybody knows him but he would take the time to write out these letters to people and thanking them for the yeah, work they he, do. He, well, he was just yeah, he was amazing. But I think that you know coming into this project, obviously what I had was my passion for Chicano studies. Yeah. Right? And knowing very uh, at a young age that I wanted to be part of documenting my culture and it was my responsibility. Great. And I think having people like Fernando, I knew nothing about right. you know, cars or yeah. anything. You know, it was yeah. Fernando would like, why is this? He would always be testing me, you know, yeah. because he realized, and I think that's what I hear from lowriders to this day, um, you know, those relationships that I built so long ago. Yeah. I mean, it gives me that in now right Right. because they i respect them they respect me they've seen the work that i've that i've done for their community for our community as well yeah and so that um reputation which really is just me being myself right my authentic self of who i am right yeah Um, but i also think a lot of us could do that right uh, yeah and i also think that the um the generations before us and the old timers were very kind of honored and very pleased to see like, hey, here's some Chicano people that like have really pursued education, are in in positions of, of, of being able to tell our story authentically. They're not out here to exploit it. They're not out here to make a book. Like here's our people telling our story. So I've noticed that too with the old timers. They're very happy when they're like, oh, you're you do this and you're, you know, you're successful in that because I think that in their days, that opportunity wasn't afforded to them. Do you know what I mean? It was or either... They're, or they're used to people coming in and 
exploited me. So like, for instance, people like Fernando, they would tell me like there were plenty of like white academics or mm-hmm. other, other people that come in, they wouldn't be as open because I would literally get asked the question when I would see, that's the other part. So now that I've done this, I get to speak at universities and other places in right. my culture. Right. And I don't think about where they say, Hey, were you ever treated differently? Cause you were an academic right. or you were a woman or young yeah. woman. And I really wasn't. Yeah. I really, really wasn't. And I had doors right. open to me that I didn't, other people wouldn't. Yeah. Right? And I don't, yeah. I don't know what it, it could be a lot of things. Was right. Regardless, I look at it is that, um, obviously I was meant, this was my contribution to the world, right? Yeah. Part of my contribution along yeah. with my teaching and the other work that I do with my, with my students. I never thought that here I would be in 2020 still doing this work. You know, I thought, wow, wow, really? So, yeah. Yeah, 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 yeah. I get it. I get it. I didn't go into that's what goes back to your own. I didn't go into this trying to be a lowrider expert. I didn't go into this wanting to be a curator. I I didn't have those kind of aspects. I I mean, I was just literally following what my heart. And how does that sit with you, though, Denise? How does that sit with you? Like, or do you consider yourself a voice for the lowrider community? And if so, how does that sit with you? Like, I mean, I think I, I consider myself a voice for the Chicano community, right? And obviously for the low writing, it's, you know, my work has demonstrated that. Yeah, people, yeah. Like to this day, I get emails. I just got another email of somebody that wants me, that want, you know, if people email me because they, my name yeah. is what, if you Google, my yeah. name's going to come up, right? Yeah. And they'll say, oh, do you know we're doing this? Or do the low writer professor. Yeah, or they <laughs> yeah. just know, yeah. know, I need to do this interview. I need low, a lot of times I hook them up with the low riders themselves and okay. let them do it. But I don't take any credit, okay. right? And I'm not, I'm not doing it for my own career. I'm doing it for the community. Oh, that's another thing that you know the Diabas can do, or this, and, right? You know, this okay. Or Chino, my other friend, really good friend, is Chino, right? Yeah. Uh, Vega, who? Oh um, yeah, yeah, yeah. Mexicano, yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, From the valley. Uh, yeah. Who, has built double trouble an yeah. award-winning texas lowrider car right yeah Got a lot of shit for working in te- on texas lowriders <laughs> yeah um, like these are people that i've known for so long yeah. right and 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 i hear it from them too you know they always are telling me thank you for all that you do and it's crazy because i don't think i don't i don't need to get that thank you it's beautiful and nice and yeah i recognize it right i think it just goes back to um, when you're dedicated, like I'm not in this for myself or yeah. my own gains. Right. Like it excites me that our culture is getting represented um, more authentically, and appropriately, and authentically, more, and more yeah. diverse. Yeah, and yeah, more yeah. And more diverse. Yeah. You know, um, yeah. There's more of us. Like there's a lot more people, like young scholars doing low writing and like pachucos and all yeah, those things. Yeah. Right. That didn't exist when I was there. You know. Um, mm-hmm. or, right. Or, and so curating was something that I sort of fell into. And I was very good at it. Yeah. Like, I just realized Great. Yeah. that for me, I see things very visually. Yeah. You know? Um, so do like you... Even when I, when I create exhibits, I create maps, like my visual maps yeah. in my yeah. head. Yeah, yeah, Like what I'm doing. I'm a very visual person. Yeah. And then the teacher in me is, I always think like, what am I going to be teaching? Yeah. You know, in this story? Whose voice do I use? Yeah, you know, and I, I loved it. I loved it. When I would go into your shows, I absolutely yeah. love like the artistic value of everything because I was like, right. not only is this like top notch, like cars, top notch builders that are highlighted, but I was like, everything is so artistic. Like it actually almost, it, it made me feel like I was, when I went into the, the first Lowrider show at the Peterson, I felt like 
half of it was could have took place across the street at the at the what was it the MOCA the Museum of Modern oh, uh, LACMA. at LACMA and the other part the other half of it was really like Peterson because it was so art it was so um tasteful you know and it was so like artistic so uh, do you have like an art background no I mean I don't I just feel that I am the crazy thing is is I'm a visual a visual person but I have a lot of artists like a lot of artists I oh, are my friends okay they just inspire me so much okay so with the first exhibit you know I think like to get back to what you were asking me you know I kind of learned you know curating and yeah. um finding my voice okay. and then also I was I was learning about low writing in the okay. first exhibit myself yeah. right uh-huh. so I think that also was important because I could take sort of, I'm student too, right? How would I present that? Yeah. Then the second exhibit was in 07. So by that point, I had finished my PhD. Okay. You know, I was, I had been working at CSUN. I got hired there in 2002. I can't believe I'm such an old lady. I've been there for so long. <laughs> no way, yeah. Um, so all that time in between of seven years, like I was finding my voice, right? Yeah, I knew, right on. Like, wanted to do what I couldn't do last time okay what I could do and they wow. pretty much gave me free range that yeah. show was called La Vida Lowrider right and that focused on Chicano and black lowriding yes which was amazing and so I thought well people are gonna come and they're gonna learn about LA history yeah right and and they're gonna learn about things like you know the Vietnam War and its impact on Chicano and African yes. Americans and then they let me do stuff on culture you know and yeah. Gwen Stefani and appropriate I mean have that type good like, oh good the crazy thing Gwen Stefani saw my first show at the exhibit and her people reached out to me. Really? I think 05 when she was doing her first Lamb show. Oh, shit. Where uh-huh. she had lowriders on the yeah. stage. Oh, she shit. She was inspired by that exhibit. You know what's, yeah. Her people, her people wanted me to send a box of stuff from that to inspire her because I, if you remember her first show, you could find it. It was like a mix of English style, like, you know, kind of that English fashion. That like English and mod. Cholo, and then Cholo. Yeah. Shit. Her, her Southern California girl. Yeah. Um, so the second show, you know, the Vida Lowrider, I was really, you know, finding my voice and I literally knew like what I was going to do. I knew what cars, I knew nice. everything. Nice. I, I mean, I literally started working on that show in July. Yeah. And it opened October. What was, what was the last show that you did at the Peterson? So the last one we did was the High Art of Writing Low. And that's and the one you give me a heart. You give yeah, me a hard time about see, that one because I didn't yes, see that one. <laughs> that one was an art show. Uh-huh. So in between uh, La Vida Lowrider in 08 and 2017, in those years between, the Peterson underwent a you know million dollar Re- renovation kind of. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. And in that, they created an actual art gallery, a fine art gallery the 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 special uh, by the Arm and Hammer family. Right? Oh wow! Okay. Was featuring like fine art. Yeah. Right? Fine okay. Art right. Cars. So um, they wanted to do an art exhibit, and so I knew right away it had to be Chicano art. Yeah. Right. In the relationship of how Chicano artists have reimagined. Oh, so good. So good. Yeah. So imagine this, like, and it's funny because again, like, I knew when I was seeing, I said, okay, now I have. How many, almost close to like at that point, I'm still like over 20 years. So let's say close to 20 years of relationships with Chicano artists. Yeah. Right. People know that. And the low writing community, I built that. Yeah. So I was able to like create the show I wanted. I knew what it was going to be. I knew the artists I wanted to have. And then I wanted to um, find to make sure that women artists were represented. We had 10 women artists. Right on. Right on. Um, right and on. So um, this great 
uh, artist collective from the Bay Area, the Q Sides, uh-huh. right, that I did work on sort of like queering images, oh, okay. uh, visual writer culture. Wow. And so how I approached that one then was that people were going to come and learn about Chicano art and low writing. Nice. Right? And, and Fuck also yeah. the language that I used was Chicano studies, right? Like yeah. I, and you know, I didn't explain things. You know, I talked about Gloria Saldua, Borderland. You know, I, I basically, I was authentic to Chicano art. Nice. Right? Nice. Yeah. And even some of my low writers said, I learned. Good. You know, yeah, for I sure. Learned, Cause I was like, okay, I have to be authentic to for the language sure. of low writing, but now to the language of art, things, to, right? uh, for I mean, art, you know, if people want to learn, they can Google and like figure it out. Right? Okay. So I think, so I think that's important about like the language that we use. Like for me, it was like not, uh, watering down the Chicano right. in the art space. And again, I lucked out with the Peterson again, where they gave me free range. Right, right. Of course know? they would, and, yeah. And, and, of course and, they would, and, yeah. No, not always. Yeah, no, no, I know, no, no, no. But no, after they, what you did in the first show, though. No, because they trusted me. And yeah. also that um, a lot of museums, like, um, like the Peterson is a for-profit. Yeah. So they, they, you know, that exhibit is going to bring more bodies. For sure, for place, sure. Right? bodies that really appreciate it and really like see like how and yeah because because honestly they get to see these beautiful works of art and and being able to appreciate it and get up up and close to it and then learn something from all the all the like the descriptions you had of everything so mexico happened and i don't know if that was in between that and north carolina viva viclas Peterson exhibit closed. No, wait, that was in 09. Okay, so, so that one, yeah, that one is. Uh, I, I, I had an interview with Mike Lopez of, of Lifestyle and Twilight yes, Zone, and yes. he says that was one of his highlights. Was like, my car has been in Mexico, my car has been, you know, here and these other places. So it was. And I, Chino's car was there too. I, I, oh, and Orgulloso Mexico. But I want to say this though, because you mentioned it earlier. You said, um, um, like, hey, I, I just want to be like a positive, um, authentic voice to our community um but i think that you even went further than that with in mexico with mexicanos and you were like hey somos you know somos gente somos you know uh aquí estamos you know like the chicano here's that that how how what was the what, what kind of like um attitude or reception did you get out there oh it was amazing yeah. because um so how that happened is we took lowriders down in 2009 november was like late around thanksgiving to early december to guadalajara to the feria de libros the feria de libros is the largest spanish language book fair in the world wow everywhere it's in a different location oh okay okay, okay. um this that year it was in guadalajara wow um and so los angeles being the sister city of La of guadalajara were invited to basically be like a highlight where they would highlight it's wow. for authors, for okay. authors, right, 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 writers right. from LA, you know, and and yet they also have cultural components. So they were bringing LA culture, like music, okay, right, um, other cultural spaces, and they wanted low writers because they knew my work from um, the Peterson. Okay, so the problem was is to get to have that happen. They wanted to work with an organization, the Peterson. At that point, I think we're going through transitions and they okay. don't want to write a grant. So the city basically said, you know, who out, who would be great? 
you should work with the Achuchas. Oh, I, I cool. Already met, I already met Luis, Luis. in 2000 yeah. from the first exhibit because actually lowriding brought me and Luis together because huh? he loves lowriding. Yeah. So I met him in 2000. So then we wrote a grant. Yeah, right, where the awesome. Was sort of the host, uh -huh. um, you know, and they were going to bring three cars. And we're talking about Luis Rodriguez, uh, always running. Yeah, uh-huh, okay. Always running, whose book, you know, I read, you know, in when I was a sen uh, senior at Berkeley. Oh. You know, going to graduate, that yeah. book hit, hit, you know. It's all um, SGV. That's all you right yeah. there. <laughs> yeah, but he, uh, anyway. Yeah. So, yeah, so that's how that happened. So okay. Low riding, like they also, Los Lobos were down there. Yeah. Like I met, um, Louis Perez from Los Lobos oh, down so there, you know, which was amazing. He's still a friend of mine. I love his work. Yeah. So it was great because when I went to Guadalajara in 09, that's when I saw, like, a lot of us Chicanos were a little hesitant to be in Mexico and do it because we had heard all these stories about sort of like the pochos, right? Right. Uh, coming right. Back right. And how they're perceived there. Yeah. Yeah. And even Los Lobos were talking about. That was the first time they were playing in Mexico after a long hiatus where they got booed off the stage. Oh, shit. I forgot who they were touring. They had a long years, right? Yeah. They go in paying their hard work. Yeah. I mean, the thing is, is that the Guadalajara, as I began to see Guadalajara, was so Americanized. Yeah, like, right. Always, and the youth loved it. You yeah. Know? Like, they just loved everything. And they ate up the lowriders. So good. Um, the lowriders that were there. We had lowrider clubs from Mexico come to oh, us. Like, no way. You know, Mike met them, Chino. Yeah. It was great. We these two guys that were like rode their rode their lowrider bikes like three hours. Uh, that's bad. Town to get there, and they came dressed in in zoot suits. How about documenting something like that, like Mexican? Oh, no, we have it. We, oh, we have the so good. We have the photos. Do you? And that was where we were walking in downtown Guadalajara. Yeah. Um, I was with Esteban. Yeah, I was going to ask you that. Did you take... The, yeah. Yeah, Esteban, we went down there and then Heriberto went with us, Esteban's okay. father, yeah. who was amazing because we literally were in like this um, kind of middle class area because the Feria Libre is in the nice side of, of Guadalajara. Guadalajara, yeah. Um, you know, and Heriberto, like right when we landed, he knew where to eat in the morning. You know, he really? goes out exploring. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. He's walking the streets. Oh, you know? shit, yeah. Um, so we were in, actually, we were, we had to take a taxi to the central part. Okay. Guadalajara, because yeah. we kind of far out. And we see this, like, tattoo shop, you know, selling clothes. Oh, shit. In LA. We go yeah. inside, and they've blown up Esteban's photos. Yeah. And all Esteban's photos <laughs> are cute. And yeah. I was like, what the heck? I'm like, do you know this? No. And yeah. the guys came out. They didn't even know. I'm like, this is, is his photos. This is yeah. Esteban. And there were times where we were walking down Guadalajara and Esteban is recognized. He yeah. stands out so much. Yeah. But the reason why is because what happened between those years, right? Right. Is that there were so many um, men, primarily, export and youth exported back after the 1992 right. riots and the, all those gang culture right. and that sort of prison mm -hmm. that was exported back. back. They exported right. a gang problem, right? Right. To, to, to Mexico, America, yeah, gang, yeah. Guys, they were just kind of, and they're youngsters, and they have like no experience in Mexico. But whose whole life has been mm -hmm. American? Yep. Right. Yeah. They're foreign in in Mexico. So right. That's where I got to see, like, you know, how the culture is. You know, Chicano culture is going back. Right. And like, they're making their own culture there. Like, they they're doing their own magazines there. Right. Their own, their own t shirts. They're not. We're not sending it. Like, they're no. They're creating their own there. their own community, their own scenes. So yeah. That, so that's like something like you know definitely to 
to explore, you know, yeah. like the Japan, the Japan, the you know, Japan culture well. and the, and the Brazilian culture and the Mexico and yeah, yeah. New Zealand. I mean, yeah. yeah. So, so yeah. So that's how that happened. And yeah, so we had so much adventures. You know, yeah. And you fish, took, you know? and you, and I've seen you do other panels like with cartoon and with Estevan. Um, and I know you have a really close relationship with those guys. Um, and it's always really good to to kind of hear you guys all kind of uh, share on the on the culture of it, but also have a connection with each other, you know. Um, and then another thing I wanted to mention, and I wanted to make sure that that um, that I mentioned it also is that you do like your academic, um, you know, your life and academia, and then also in like the arts and curating. But you do is like so much community stuff, like with the achuchas, and I know that you did like a. Um, I don't want to call it a conference or workshop, but it was like La Chingonas um, that you were doing. Oh, the Chingonas Rise, yeah. yeah. So what's interesting is like with the Achuchas, you know, continuing with community history, which I feel is my love, Yeah. right, is um, we did a book project called Rushing Waters that was looking at the art artivism in the San Fernando Valley. This okay. was in uh, 2011, in the summer 2011, when just some of the younger generation of artists there were beginning to put up murals around, you know, uh, Pacoima yeah, and yeah. Manai's Quarter, all that over, over there. Yeah. And so the Northeast San Fernando Valley has such a long history of artivism. Yeah. And also it's a feeder for CSUN, right? And a lot of the activists in the Northeast San Fernando Valley graduated from CSUN, mm. took Chicano studies classes, sometimes they're Chicano studies majors. And I, some of, a lot of them were my friends. So this was a time where we were like allowing the community to tell their story. Right, good. You know, like for instance, like even Yao from Asana Underground. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yao's a good so friend. Much. Yeah. Like, I was like, he didn't know if he wanted to write something. I said, I'll interview you. Let's just yeah. get your story. And so I, did, you know, his interview was like, you know, from like from cho from punk to cholo yeah to, you know, hell yeah you know aslan underground so yeah think, so i think like that work was important because you know the artivism that again just like with low writing i really knew from a young age that like low writing was the way our community was telling our stories we were using these cars to tell our stories nice. to tell our history nice right um and that when you look at the car yes it's individual but for chicanos and african americans it's also telling that history. community it carries yeah. all our community it's in part it of our community history right so that and so the same with like the artists right i think the artists are not just telling our stories but they're also activists they're teachers right they're teaching the next generation right um, those same skills and, and particularly you know my work is always anchored in social justice right yeah. because i think these stories are important of like challenging the narrative that low riders are just gangsters on wheels good right? or that good negative right good um it's like when the guys that are winning the awards they're dropping like a hundred oh yeah no it's ridiculous ridiculous yeah yeah the best painters the best painters the best yeah. like engravers the best of everything like really full-on artists and craftsmen at their they're, at they're yeah craftsmen they're artisans you know and so you know i think that work was also important and then i think the chingona rises i think the other project i have an idea for another project all right to do uh, all right good history i don't know if i want to drop it oh uh, yeah 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 i think the chingona rise yeah um it's connected to that okay. because All right. I, um, that space kind of opened up to me. And then I was like, you know, I, my friend is Noel from Mi Vida Shop. Okay. And so I was like, let's do this event. Yeah. And, no, no, no. And, and like we did it and it kind of inspired me to sort of think about 
um, how we came up with Chingona Rise uh-huh. is that I was thinking about, you know, growing, you know, coming out of like the 80s and 90s and in Ch- 2000s, like Chingona was something that you couldn't claim. Like you said, your family was like, what? what? Yeah, yeah. Oh, mom. Yeah. But, and since, and I, I talked even to that with Felicia, right? Yeah. But how uh, was it so embraced? And it was like you were really like bad girl. Yeah, it was. Yeah, no, no, no. It's a bad word. It's a bad word. Everywhere, yeah. Right? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. We're in a different generation. And, uh, you know, like that word doesn't even make my mom uncomfortable anymore. Right. Right. So it's a changing culture um, for women. So is it, so is, is low writing and those terms like chingona and uh, gangster, are they mainstream now, Denise? Are they mainstream now? And how do we, and and how do we. Chingona is mainstream. Um, I mean, but I think low writing, it's not that it's mainstream, is I think that it's so in a part of pop culture mm. that people, if you tell them, most people will have some sort of idea of what, of it, what is, it is, right? Even if it's a negative stereotype, mm. right? It exists there. Um, but I think, you know, I think the word that a lot of people are throwing around and when I get interviewed for like magazines and mainstream um cultural institutions yeah they always say oh you know is japan cultural app- uh, appropriating right that new word is appropriation yeah and I'll, yeah, yeah I'll say first of all this they are accepted part of our community right and they've been there since the 90s yeah. right and first of all the last time i checked japanese people did not discriminate against Mexicans. They didn't come here and create wars, create laws, right? They're so outside. I mean, you, when you say a cultural preparation, it's you can't put us in the same bag with the white girls at Coachella putting on their Native American garb. Right? That comes from a specific white supremacist history of genocide of our Native peoples. It's completely two different things, right? Where white people playing in... Uh, playing wild in Native American culture that is racist, right? So I, when they when they ask me that question, I'll always say like, why don't you just ask me, is this racist? Uh, is this racist? Uh, why are you saying cultural appropriation? <laughs> yeah, right. right? Uh-huh. So what I'm saying Good. is, Japan don't have a history. I'm not talking about Japanese history and there's right. always problems in that. I'm talking about Japanese people don't have a history of white supremacy against you. Nice. Right? I love that shit. Like you, I love it. Yeah. Them, Good job. Yeah. When you talk to them, they know our culture. <laughs> yeah. They respect so, so it. Like full on respect. Yeah. yeah. Fuck it's yeah. It's just different. You know? Yeah, it's, totally. It's, yeah. It's, it's just different. But I think like, you know, being a cultural studies, my PhD in cultural studies, I'm fascinated with culture, you know, because the language that culture creates. Yeah. Um, the misinformation it yeah. creates. But I think the more importantly, the most important part that sort of gets excluded out is that how we use culture, the word culture to hide things like white supremacy. Nice. Thank racism, you. Sexism, you know, homophobia. Yeah. Xenophobia. Thank you for, for mentioning that. I, I'm really happy that you put it that way. And I'm so happy that we're talking because I, I you know, I've constantly am kind of mulling that over. Like, what is the appropriation? What is like count count? Um, council culture and how does it serve us and how is our community and it's kind of like the big reason why I said well I'm not a podcaster I don't like even putting myself out there I'm very reclusive in itself but I said I want to make sure that we're telling our own story I want to make sure the narrative isn't fucked up and isn't and somebody else doesn't get to tell it because that's been happening for so long and on top of that they say well if you do tell the story 
can you make it about gangs and can you make it about murder and can you make it about crimes and can you make it about prison? Fuck that, right? So I'm really happy that you're touching on that. I do want to say this though, and maybe you can help me out with this. Um, I really appreciate how the Japanese lowriders, how much respect and honor and, you know, um, and understanding that they go to the level of understanding for that. It seems to be like across the board that that's what they're doing. It They're trying to come to me, at least it's been that they're coming from a, from a place of like humility. Right. And, and on top of that, um, to honor something, but I, Denise, I have a problem when there's, um, I have a problem when there's a white person out here in the States with a gang of money and drops on a fucking lowrider and now they're a lowrider. And it, to me, I'm like, yeah, you're you're not a fucking lowrider though. Yeah, but you're not, you know what I mean? And and maybe that's my own stuff that I need to kind of work through and stuff, you know? But to me, it's so fucking sacred. It's so sacred to me and to my family and to my culture that I'm like, no, that's that's not what it is, you know? And you don't get to buy something and then say, and now say, like, hey, look, I'm the same as you and what your dad was. You know what I mean? Maybe that's well, that's I mean, my that's own thing. The thing about culture and the culture industries, you know, and that's why I think cultural studies was also gave me that language of like Marxism and economics because the field of cultural studies comes out of post World War II England, and so I think the other side of it is that people with privilege will use culture, right? They mm-hmm. have that privilege to use for their own means and even making money it's the same thing in hip-hop right of you could be a dj you could be a this you could be that you could be social so i think it's no matter whatever privilege you have economic race you know gender privilege yeah um you can use right culture in that way uh to benefit you right yeah whatever whatever that benefit looks like right but i think that what you're speaking to is a longer history of outsiders yes um, yeah you want to name it more yeah. white people yeah hollywood exploiting it yeah culture of, com- of communities of color yeah for their own economic gains yeah yeah and 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 i'm not i'm not making like a blanket statement like because i've met some fucking really right on people that have been yeah. like white lowriders that have been there when we when we're doing activist yeah. work you know what i mean when we're and they've been like hey I'm here as an ally, and if you guys need me in the front, I'll, I'll be in the fucking front. If you need me in the back, behind the grandmas, the Indian grandmas, we'll be in the back. You know what I mean? Like, so I understand that too. But, but yeah, I think you're right. I think it's more along the lines of like the experience I've, I've been raised in as a Chicano Indian male, like coming up and seeing just like this constantly saying, oh, well, we'll, we'll nitpick the culture and we'll take what we want and we'll put it on a movie and we'll fuck it up or, but what we don't, and then we, what we don't want, we'll leave it there. And then we, we want your culture, but we don't want you. You know what I mean? We don't want your people. We don't want your color. Now, on top of that, tell me like what a woman lowrider goes through, you know, cause I, I, mean, I, I feel, yeah, I mean, I don't want to like I mean, you could just think about that, right? Of I think now there is when I started doing this, you didn't see that many women like doing low riding um, in clubs or, or just doing it that much. They were more like coming to the shows with, you know, their husbands, their boyfriend, or like even you know Fernando and the Dukes. They had a club called the Duquettes, you know, in the early years of the Dukes, where the women were part mm-hmm. of that, right? Uh, Gloria, Ruiz, Gloria, yeah. Uh-huh. You know? was the secretary of yeah. the car club still yeah. is now the i would say that the club is yeah gloria is the best know, um, bless her she's heart amazing yeah. i love her she's somebody <laughs> to interview yeah i know interview i know yeah 
her so much. Um, so I think the other side, I think, is like now we're in a space where there are, you know, there's women, even women customizers, right? Women's pinstripers. Right, right? Women's yeah. That yep. didn't exist. Like, right. I even talked to Chino about it. I literally think it's been within the last five years. Right? Yeah. Um, that it's happening. So I think that there's just an opening now. And it's also that generation of lowriders, like I guess my generation, yeah. guys in their 40s and 50s, that they have daughters and, you know, they're opening up the doors, right? Good. To women. Because yeah. when I started, you know, when I started it, I'm not even going to name the club. You could figure it out. Okay. When I went to a car club meeting, I was told that we don't allow women, you know, in our straight up, car club straight up, huh? And, and, you know, and I was always made aware that I was special. In fact, the first time I went, cartoonist Emma said, you better take your dad with you. And I did, right? Um, I, I, I know what club. I could already tell what club, but yeah, I'm not, most yeah. Clubs are not yeah. Like, okay? the, a club that will go unnamed. In yeah. general, I would hear things that, well, we don't let women mm -hmm. because then the men fight over them or they bring problems. But I, I think in doing, in doing this research for so long and knowing the lowrider community, I think that men are more chismoso and hold on to grudges <laughs> and backstab. Let me tell you, they accuse women of. Okay, I'm gonna cut. I'm gonna cut right there. I'm gonna. I'm gonna cut the the episode right there. Yeah. <laughs> right. So let's yeah. be real. Right. Yeah. Let's let's just be real. Oh so my god. Like so and so because of lowrider drama. No I way. Know. No, no way. Yeah, and like fighting <laughs> in ways. Right. I, I, one time, I, when I was curious to show, I had to actually. I'm not even naming clubs, but there were some competing clubs that were in that exhibit. Mm -hmm. And I'll be like, so this car club has three cards and you have two. This is not a car show where I have to. Oh, no, it's a fucking problem. It's a problem. We're going to have problems. Yeah. Yeah. And so anyway, but anyway, I think for women. That's how I know you're. That's how I know you're in the mix, though, Denise. Cause when you're like, "Yeah, I know these fools are gonna are gonna I, have issues." I literally, remember yelling in two clubs. I had to like tell them, "I'm like, you are." <laughs> I was like so upset. I was like, yeah. "What is your problem?" I got really upset. But anyway, that was for the La Vida Lowrider yeah. Seven that exhibit. But anyway, I think for women, there's just such a space opening for them. Good. You know, um, Good. I think that also it's because the car. The, the car culture has changed of low riding, but our culture has changed in general. And I think social media Good. has a, a role to do that. Um, feminism, right. and this millennial feminism right. that I think has even, where I've seen like my generation, you know, we were talking about these things, but they're just much more open, you know, and it's just, it's so much more embraced and talked so, about. You know? So Denise, what, what can me, what can I, as a male low rider, as someone who grew up in the culture, um, is super the culture sacred to me what can i do to make room and to make sure that women are are represented and women are in part of it or not even part they've always been part of it sorry not part of it but like, you know i think about somebody and we were talking about this before about you know low, low rider pasado i think about when i first interviewed kita yeah Lalao, yeah you know passed away yeah and uh, on a phone interview, I remember, because he was living up in Oakland at that time. This was in the late 90s, yeah. um, probably 99. And he told me, look, my daughters know I can point to anything on the car and they can tell me about they it. They can so identify. He, like yeah. he, so they have kids, right, that grew up in the culture and they right. have these conversations. Right. right. You, know, like, you know, and I think that's where it starts, right, mm. um, of, of, you know, where women can be, you could be the car owner. I think the thing, too, 
doing the Vikla show, yeah. there's so many women riders. Bikers, yeah. Bikers, yeah, it's the best, so yeah. Than, more so than what you the see. The low riders, right? Yeah. And you have to think about, while car uh, uh, motorcycles are not as expensive as a low rider, there's this accessibility issue, right. accessibility issue right, for right, right. women. But you sort of think about, you know, I think Viklas have such a more bad sort of reputation of outlaw reputation than lowrider cars. So that women, there's so many women riders. It, it was amazing for me to like talk to some of those women, yeah. you know, in the culture as well. So, but what I'm just saying is that I think that our culture is changing and, and shifting. Yeah. And I think lowriding is opening up, you know, when you have yeah. sort of like even lowrider magazine with that lowrider role models right. series that's on yeah. YouTube where they right. interviewed women, mm-hmm. you know? Yeah. Um, and that one Japanese woman, I, is her name like Koryu or how do you say her name? The one that has the shop. I know. I forget I forget her name right now, but I don't know her as her real name. Probably as her as her uh, her you know her yeah. nickname. What they what they call her in the streets? Yeah, I forget so what I, it is. So I feel that in general, like we're just in a space where you know there there's more space for women to be ourselves and authentic selves. Good. Ironically, at a time period when we're seeing such an increase, just like with racism, yeah, like increased sexism, sexism, yeah, and an increased attacks on my rights as women as women right yeah yeah so even though we have this strong feminism there's that backlash yeah it's looking to put us back in our places yeah as mexican but not our community not african-americans but not uh, not in our community in our lowrider community you are seeing that we are being more accepting and open open doors good good yeah so i think that makes me happy i I wouldn't speak for all the no i know i know yeah i know i mean and i think it just it just maybe it's a new generational thing too with some of my friends and i think like when they become fathers and fathers yeah there you go that also changes you as well there you go yeah it's funny because when i remember i'm not even naming but one of my friends i had this conversation with for and and then i go but you have sisters you had a mother but somehow when you have a daughter like everything sort of like yeah yeah (laughs) you don't want to see your daughter naked on that car Uh uh-huh right 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 yeah when it was like you know right and such right yeah um but I think so things things are changing, you know, but I feel that obviously right on. car culture in general, it is it is just a perform it is has a long history of performance of masculinity, of right. hyper masculinity. Yeah, just car just car culture, right? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and even you could say motorcycle culture. The as same well. so right. it says something that when a woman is behind the wheel, okay. right? Or she's on her motorcycle, yeah. I think she's also transforming, you yeah. know, that and I was this is why like in the last exhibit one of the pieces that I really identified was with El Moises. And it's, he was probably one of the only male artists I knew since when he started, he would put women like Chola's women, Chicana's driving lowrider cars, which was so strange. And Mm -hmm. I told him when I first saw that show, his art piece, I'd be like, I wanted to be that woman. You know, something about, it represents why we have to move from the passenger side to the driver's side. Yeah, you know. Is the power. The power yeah control teen angel yeah. would do some of those too teen angel would have some of those like some of those uh drawings and some of those uh art pieces where it would be women cruising the lowriders you know i put one up there was like a, uh women driving a 67 impala or there's one with the 62 impala there were teen angel covers of just beautiful pieces yeah. of art and it, you see the women driving and you're like fuck yeah like that that's cruising that was what really cruising was about you know um where can or like we you think about when you think about women artists like 
I think about in the last show I had Adriana Avila's work where、mm-hmm. she is painting. Yeah. She's painting herself. So part, yeah. So good. Yeah. So I just like you're shifting sort of the narrative、mm-hmm. and the power when women are now a mat or queer sort of artist to say we are part of this culture. Yeah. We're gonna write ourselves into、yeah. this culture. Yeah. Nice. We're waiting for you to、Fuck、visualize、yeah. us or tell us we exist. Like we're creating space to exist. Fuck yeah, that's the best. I'm so happy that we're. I'm seeing it. I'm so happy that I'm able to see it.、Uh, I'm so happy that my mom is around to be able to see it. You know,、um, where can we see what's next for Dr. Denise Sandoval? I don't know, man. I feel like we'll see. I、yeah. feel like I have some ideas for some new projects. Yeah. But where definitely, you know, the low writing thing probably is not something that I'm gonna be going away from. Yeah. Good.、Um, good. But I think what's exciting is that our culture is still such as like sexy pull for people that、mm. I think we can use that attractiveness to teach people about who we are, our history, yeah,、um, about the importance. Of, Let's do it. Let's do of, it. Of looking at low writing, you know, in a more authentic way. I hate saying positive and negative, but more authentic way. Good. Thank you. Thank you so much for doing it. Thanks so much for spending the time with us.、Um, I did want to mention before I let you go.、Uh, you and I talked about it.、Um, I, I I always started this podcast doing it face to face because my whole my whole thing was sharing the experience that I've been privileged to with talking with with Jesse when he was around, with Fernando when he was around, with Mike Lopez, with all these OG lowriders, with Chino. You know what I mean? All these OGs with Kita. Um, so this is my first episode that's actually been on this platform, like on a on a platform. But I did want to mention that um, that um, something that you and I talked about that we wanted to make sure that we、uh, both of us kind of agreed that we wanted to make sure that we、um, noted was that this year and how difficult it's been on everybody and and how many like really really like.、Um, You know legends in this game, you know, and how we've lost them this year. Kita was one of them. Recently, a couple days ago, Ruben Salas from Tierras.、Uh, the week before that was V Max. You know, the week before that was members of Lifestyles, Siggy and Eddie.、Um, yeah. And then also like uh, uh, important photographer of Loretta Magazine, Dick Dolan. Yeah, Dick. COVID, and、uh-huh. I met him for my yeah, did SN my our first catalog in two thousand. Yeah. Been such a supportive. He talked about it being an ally and、yeah. well respected. Pink hat Dick, the, yeah, yeah. The lowrider、um, culture, yeah. But I think that's why it's so important that we document our culture because these stories are so important. And I think that was a question that it sort of be important because you sort of started out with this of why I sort of do this work. Yeah, is that I take this responsibility. Like it weighs heavy on me because、yeah. these men now, Fernando, Jesse. And Jay, Rella, yeah, Rellas, yeah, Jesse Jr. Yeah, had relationships. I'm losing the fathers, and now the sons, and now the sons. And these stories、wow. are important to me. Like every time I go get invited to speak or talk about Loretta, I realize I am sharing their stories. The privilege that I have to share these stories,、mm-hmm. but it also keeps it alive of the memory of the impact of these lowrider, you know.、Uh, OGs, right? Yeah, the, yeah. The Godfathers. Yeah. Why these stories are so important and、yeah. documenting them as well and their contributions. And I think there's there there is that respect in the low writing community for those stories,、um, but we just have to document them. 
Thank you. Thank you for doing it. Thank you for your work. Thank you for being a predecessor in this. Uh, thank you for being a voice for, you know, for lowrider community, for women in lowriding, for academics in lowriding, you know, all this. I, I, I look forward to your future and to like more shows and everything. So um, thanks so much for doing it. No, no problem. It was my pleasure. And all I just want my last message would be like, we need more people in this storytelling, right? Documentation. Yeah. So I always tell my students, like, la lucha continua, right? And it begins with us. They always tell us that knowledge is power, but I'm always like, what you do with that knowledge, that's real power. That's real power. power. Shifting, and that's the role that we pay as cultural workers yeah. committed to social justice. All right. La lucha sigue. All right. Thank you. Yes.